It's time to add some salt to your spiritual perspective on life. This is A Pinch of Salt with Erin and Kayleen. Welcome to A Pinch of Salt. I am Erin. And I'm Kayleen. We are talking today about the gospel. So I know that many of you listening know the gospel story. You know your need for Christ. But we're talking about in all these episodes how to live out the gospel. That's the underlying theme in all of these is that we're living out the gospel. So the pinch of salt is all about speaking, acting, looking, and thinking like Christ. So how do you do that? The gospel story. Aaron, you have a scripture that you wanted to read to us. So let you start out. I am reading out of 1 John 1, 5. This is 5 through... It's long. (laughs) Uh, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim To be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Man. Yeah. That's, that's some. Gosh, we need the Lord. We need the Lord. We, that's, that's right there proves right there. We. We ain't doing life without him. <laughs> no, we can pretend. We yeah. We can but do it. We're not gonna get we can far. do it poorly. <laughs> yeah. Very poorly. Or but, we can seek him in everything. Yes. The biggest thing I think that we need to convey is our need for Christ to begin with. Or our need for Christ. We are all sinners. Yep. Sin, it could be anything that we rate as human beings. Like, you know, we rate murder as this huge thing big to do that's bad but god sees my little white lie as the same as someone else murdering and that puts us all in the same playing field yep so although we have some different things for laws and things nobody's gonna get arrested for a white lie or nobody's gonna go to jail we are all in the same playing field the lord is holy and perfect right and our sin separates us from him no matter what it is no matter how small we think it is It separates us from him. But in his loving kindness, he offered Christ. He offered a way back so that we could have a relationship with him. And I just, I didn't understand that as a kid. I mean, I understood the concept, but I didn't understand the love that was behind that. Right. It was more of a condemnation is like, well, you kind of are terrible. And I guess I love you or I guess I care enough to give you a way back. Mm Mm-hmm. And as an adult, as you know, you grow up and you see real life examples of the Lord loving you and taking care of you when you least deserve it, and you can comprehend that a little bit more, it's really more heartfelt and touching when you read those verses. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, I deserve nothing. Nothing. But you love me anyway. Mm-hmm. So Aaron, I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but I... Figured a good way to talk about the gospel would be to start out by giving a brief testimony of how you met the Lord, where you went after that, and then where you are now. So if you could start us out, and then I will do the same thing. 
Okay. I don't know if any of you guys remember going to Awanas as a kid, but I went to vacation Bible school. It was called Awanas, and it was when I was attending Grace Baptist as a child. And they was asking us about, you know, talking, they gave us the gospel story, told us about Jesus Christ, doing Bible verses, the whole thing. And I remember a lady, her name was Bev Snap at the time, not sure if that's still her last name, but she asked me if I would like to invite Jesus into my heart. And I told her I would. And we went out into the hallway at the the school and we sat, I remember we sat at a desk. She sat across from me and she asked me some questions and I can still remember picturing the things she was talking to me about Jesus dying on the cross and everything. And so with me being old enough to remember that I was old enough to accept him as my Lord and savior. And I did that day and um, traveling forward. I followed Jesus for a very long time. I was, you know, our parents were avid about us getting on the church bus every morning, going to, going to Grace Baptist church and everything. And when I hit high school, freshman year, church going, you know, loved going to River Life. Um, that's when the Hellfighters were popular. It was a, yeah, a Christian yeah. rock band and was really big into that. Sophomore year, drifting. Junior year, really drifting. My desire was always, you know, hang with the cool kids. What's it like to be with the cool kids? And honestly, it took me down a path that wasn't very great. Partying got involved, and I just really drifted away from the Lord big time. 20s, even more. Church here and there, here and there. And then um, I'd say when my dad separated from us, we really just weren't following the Lord at all. None of us were. And things happened in my life that were challenging. Homelessness. Anger, bitter, resentment, um, party life was strong. I was literally a bar fly. <laughs> um, I spent my life there quite often. I worked, paid my bills, and partied. That was what I did. I even had a shirt that said, work hard, party harder. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was literally the walking, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, um, yeah. And one day... We were here in Bell Fountain staying with my brother's girlfriend because we had nowhere to live at the time. We had nowhere to live. And that's a really long story. But to make a long story short, my dad left us financially strapped badly. And that's what caused us to have nowhere to live. That that whole because when when your mom and dad are living together and they're supporting the home financially and I'm making, you know, I was a hairstylist. I wasn't making and this is not saying hairstylists don't make it. was just my this the particular place I was working at. I wasn't making a lot of money at the time. Business was slow. So I'm not saying hairstylists don't make money. I don't don't want right. someone no. to take that the wrong way who's a who might listen to this as a hairstylist. But the particular place I was at, I was not making much to help. So, anyways, we ended up without a place for a little bit. And this loving family here in Bell Fountain. My brother was dating this girl at the time. They were teenagers, and her family welcomed us in their home with open arms. They had the space, and I, that was the first time I had prayed in a long time. Like, I don't even know. God, God will get, I, I hope he tells me, like, you went this many years without talking to me. I want to know. Like, I want to know. But I remember laying in this bedroom with these cartoon characters all over this blanket. I can still remember the purple pillow I was laying on in this little girl's room. And I just remember looking up and saying, God, help us. Help us. And right and when I, right there, oh my gosh! Right when I said that prayer, things started falling into place real fast. Um, 
we found an apartment in St. Paris. It was one bedroom, but we found an apartment. That was shelter. It was our own. So we lived there. Then from there, we found another place that had three bedrooms. And then once we moved to Thompson Street, we were introduced to Renewed Strength Church. And then we moved from Thompson Street over to Miami Street. And one of the members of our church was actually the one that owned the house, which is Brian Ward. Okay. Um, he owned our home. Then we ended up moving, which the house on, I don't know if you remember, there was a house on 36 that caught fire. Well, okay, yeah. way after we moved out, it caught fire. But we actually lived in that house too. So we were even closer to Renewed Strength Church. And you know what I think about? When I started at Renewed Strength Church, Maya was a baby. She's 17 years old now, but she was a baby. So Your we niece. Were, my niece, Maya. So we would carry yeah. her in there in her pink car seat, you know, and... I lived in a house that was only five five minutes, if that, up the road from where my husband lives. <laughs> Trying not to cry on this podcast. My husband, where my husband lives. How to, I didn't know the plan God had for my life at all. I didn't know the plan God had for me. But when I think about the path that I took and the road that led me to him, if I hadn't trampled through all that mud, God would not be present with me right now. I had to travel through mud, and sometimes it takes us hard knocks. It took me hard knocks. It took my mom. It took me. It took us hard knocks. I'll let her tell her own testimony, but it took us hard knocks because we weren't obedient. And had we called out to him a long time ago, we would not have been where we are. But it just did. You know, we actually stayed with a friend of hers before we ended up in Bell Fountain. And we came home one day from Young's Dairy. We had took the, all the little kids to Young's Dairy. And this friend was shady to us. She wasn't a true friend. She claimed to be a woman of God. She claimed to be a believer. But all of our stuff that she chose to put, some stuff she kept, was sitting on her porch with no notice, no warning. It was nighttime. My best friend was dropping us off from Young's Dairy. And we're like, why is all of our stuff out here? And we noticed that she picked and choosed. She kept some clothes. She kept some house decor, all the different things, and left what she wanted us to take with us out. And I was honest with her. The man she was in a relationship with was making passes at me that were inappropriate. And I told her because it made me uncomfortable because I was staying in their home. And she took his word over mine and decided to put us out. And I was not lying. I was telling the truth. He was making inappropriate passes towards me when she wasn't around. And that made me very uncomfortable. And I wanted her to know. Right. And that's what led us to Bell Fountain, which led me to pray, which led us to having our own place. But in those years, had I followed Christ earlier, it wouldn't have happened. But like I said, it took those things to, to open my eyes to him. I never would have thought back in those days that I would have a ministry at my church. I never would have thought that I would speak at a communion service. I never would have thought that I would do a lot of the things that I'm doing. But following Christ changes the game. Absolutely. Yes. It changes your path of life. It changes who you are. It changes your mind. It changes your heart. It changes how you talk. I used to cuss like a sailor. It changes everything, you know. It's our, you know how you get dehydrated and sick and they hook you up to an IV and yes. the IV yep. replenishes. That's what God does for us on a daily basis. Yep. And I want listeners to understand, because someone might be listening to this podcast who doesn't even, they stumbled on it. They don't even know the meaning of what Jesus is, who he is, why they need to have him. 
But no matter what you're going through in your life, you seek him and things change fast. I know sometimes we say, you know, you have to wait on prayer. You pray about something. You might have to wait for the answer. But when we ask, when we are lost and we go to that rescue plan, boom, he will rescue his kids in two seconds flat. I mean, a blink of an eye, God will rescue you. Right. We, we can't, we can't lose hope. He, he will rescue you quick. He is and faithful he, even when we aren't. He is faithful even when we aren't. And, you know, some choices I made in life. You know, I became very, very depressed. Before I knew Christ, I I was suicidal and I I was in a very dark place. And the voice that was speaking to me, I remember it, it was demonic. And I just remember the devil telling me how much of a disappointment I was to God, to God and to my grandmother, because my grandmother was my everything. And she died when I was in third grade. And I remember him saying, she's frowning upon you. You're such a disappointment. Just kill yourself. And I took a knife and put it to my wrist. And I was drunk. And I did some cocaine that night. And my cousin's wife walked into the kitchen and I dropped the knife. And I only had enough time to barely barely cut myself that's when I was just like what what is going like this is why am I living like this why is my life like this but I was rescued by the king amen I was rescued by the king I he picked me up out of my mess and I always picture this murky nasty sludge and I picture the the vision I always have is me getting pulled out of it and being rinsed off. And especially when I was baptized, I got baptized with my niece, Maya. We got baptized together uh, when Owen was a baby. So it's been about four years ago. And just that, that sealed the deal for me, man. I pictured all that stuff and I was like, you know what? Leave it in the water. It and sometimes my old... past haunts me in my mind, but I'm like, leave it in the water. It you reminds know. me of those old Dawn commercials where yes. they would have a little duckling little duck and covered and in all the oil off, and they just it, clean yes. it off. Yes, that's what God does for us. He 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 picks us up out of that and he cleans us and and we're and he makes us whole again. And if we stay on track with him because it's first time you go off track, man, it's so easy to go back to old you. Oh yeah. It's so easy sure. to 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 just go back to old you. But oh, and I slip why, up all the time. Yeah, but why go? You know, there yes. there's you know, there's there, I get invited to stuff and I'm just like I'm I'm set this out. He's so much better you know? than anything <laughs> that anybody else has to offer. And sometimes it's tempting, right? Yep. It said it's tempting, yep. but you're right. It's just he's so much better. So much better. And it is tempting, but it's just like mm, that's not for me. You know, I'm not I'm going to sit this one out, guys. And sometimes you'll get those, "Oh, come on. Come on." Right. It's like I'm going to sit that out. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's that's not my that's not my thing. So, um, yeah, when you don't have a strength for that, the Lord can give that to you. Yes. Yes. And also, I think sometimes we get offended when we're not invited to something. But Joyce Meyer said something one day that's always stuck out to me. Don't be upset when you're not invited to something because it's probably something God didn't want you to be at in the first place. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. And it's so true because sometimes I have gotten offended when I'm not invited to stuff. And it's like, you know, the Lord has literally said, how do you know I didn't want, maybe I didn't want you there. So don't get offended with them or get upset with them because maybe I didn't want you at that place. Maybe it wasn't, that wasn't for you. So um, he is good. He is, he is good. so good. 
he he's my rescuer and he is so good and I I can't thank him enough for pulling a hot mess like me out of the out of the <laughs> trenches man cuz he did he really did I'm excited to hear your story Kayleen on what God did in your life I think it's so funny that our stories are very different but have a lot of key points that are similar so I also got saved in Awanas I don't even know if churches still do Awanas, but um, I also got saved in Awanas. It was actually my mom's best friend that was my leader and led me to the Lord. She just did her normal lesson and it clicked. I understood that the Lord had died for me, that I was a sinner and that he died for me and that I needed him desperately. And they, well, obviously that he rose again as well. And as a kid, I'd, it was easy. Following the Lord or what I thought was following the Lord was super easy. And I learned all the Bible verses and I was praised by my parents and by other people because they were like, oh, she loves the Lord. She knows all this stuff. And really, it was just a knowledge. Like, I knew what the truth was and I believed it. But there was no real relationship. There was no real love for the Lord, which made it very easy when I was tempted to do things that didn't honor him as a teenager and then as an adult to fall into sin. It was very, very easy. And I was also a little bit of a bar fly. Even with my husband, who is also a Christian and was also a Christian at that time, we were married and we were happy that we were married. But, you know, we were out doing things that did not honor the Lord. And I'm not saying that you can't drink alcohol and love the Lord or follow the Lord. I'm saying that when you place that in such importance Mm -hmm. over following him and that's what we were doing. So fast forward to, and I jumped quite a bit, but fast forward to us having our first child. I suddenly realized that I was never going to be enough, but instead of leaning on the Lord, I kept leaning more into myself and to self-care and all the things that they tell you to do, like bubble baths and time alone, let grandma watch him for a little bit. And I was failing as a wife because I was so focused on being a good mom that I forgot to be a good wife. And I had expectations, but I wasn't communicating. And all of these things that were hurting relationships with my son, with my husband, and probably with other people around me that I was too wrapped up in myself to notice. And then we had kids really fast. So we had a son, then we had a daughter a year later, and she was a crazy baby. I love her to (laughs) death, but she was the one that keeps you up all night. She (laughs) takes half-hour naps during the day, and she screams all the time. And, you know, I'm just at my wit's end, and we basically lived at my in-law's house. Not that we actually lived there because we lived down the road, but I just needed – I would take her over to my mother-in-law, and I'm like, hold her because I'm going insane. And she was nice to my mother-in-law. I don't know what that was all about, but <laughs> she, it was very hard. But I'm still trying to do all the self-care things. I'm drinking my glass of wine with my bubble bath and it's just not working, you know? And I, I'm like, I feel relaxed until I hear them scream while I'm in the bath, you know? And I immediately go from zero to 100 and I've got that rage. And part of that was postpartum depression. Part of that was postpartum anxiety with both of those two kids But also it was my desperate need for the Lord because I do not and I still do not have any strength in me to be a good wife, a good mother, a good friend, a good anything without him. Mm -hmm. 
I can try, but I'm always going to fail because I am an imperfect human being. So if I'm not leaning on the one who is holy and perfect, I won't be able to do any of it. So then I go and I've got my third baby, you know, a year and a half later. We wung through that real fast. (laughs) And I was at Bible study because I was trying to do the right thing and be a good person. And I go to Bible study and I'm learning a lot. But suddenly I felt like God said, you need to ask Cheryl, which is somebody I didn't know really at the time. I mean, she led the Bible study or helped lead the Bible study, but she seemed like this person that knew what, knew what was going on. Like she was just, she had her life together. She followed the Lord really well. And I was like, you know, she's probably really busy, like telling like arguing with God. Right. And obviously he was like, Hey, no, just do what I told you to do. Some obedience that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And I asked her if she had ever discipled anyone or if she would ever be interested in discipling me. So she prayed about it and she's like, I think I can commit to that. I've done, you know, I've done it before, um, but not in a while. And she said, but I think I can commit to that. And you know, that woman came to my house and I think you might know, but our listeners might not every week during my kids nap time and they slept in the living room. So we had to whisper, but she came every week for two years. It's been now almost four years that she's been coming to my house and she invested in telling me, she said, what do you want to know? And I said, well, I know a lot of Bible knowledge, but I just, I want to go over it again. So we went over, we did a study over the whole Bible and talked about it and what it, when it was a whole new light because I was seeking the Lord and I was doing what he wanted me to do because he wants that relationship with you. And I, so I understood the word in a different way. But on top of that, I was still doing all the things behind the scenes, you know, I'm, I think I thought I had it under control because I asked somebody to help me and I was enjoying the word. But then I, behind the scenes was still relying on that glass of wine at night or my bubble bath, or Mm -hmm. I was, I needed some time. I needed some space. And I even had my little poor little toddler where I would just be like, baby, go do something. I really just need some space. And he would just smile and giggle and run off and go do whatever. But I still was not understanding who I needed to lean on because it wasn't me. Self-care doesn't work unless your self-care is Jesus. That's right. It doesn't work. And I mean, because that's not the only thing I tried with bubble baths and wine. That was just my favorite thing. But I tried all sorts of other things, you know, and self-help books and things like that. But if it's not pointing you to Jesus, if you're not focused on the Lord, you're missing out. That's right. So I got to about a year after I started meeting with Cheryl and she was discipling me to where I, and I had been having these thoughts for about a year and a half that, and I even while I was pregnant and I kept telling my baby that was, you know, my third child that I was going to wait until after she was born to kill myself. And I kept telling her that I'm sorry, but you don't deserve a mom like me. I'm sorry. I'm going to cry too. Because I had lies pushed into my head by Satan telling me that I was never going to be enough. And actually, that might be a truth, but I saw it as a bad thing because, you know, what Jesus is enough. I don't have to be. That's right. But I was kept telling my baby that I was going to wait because I didn't want to hurt her. I didn't want to hurt my baby. But I went through and I was meeting with Cheryl. She had no idea that I was thinking these things because I kept it a secret, just like I kept all my other self-care things a secret. 
you know, in that funny, you're hiding your sin. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> still, even while you're seeking the Lord, it happens often and you got to check that. But I remember going out to my mailbox often, and I did mention this when I was on Angie's podcast, but I remember going out to my mailbox often and I live on a busy road and just thinking how nice it would be if I didn't have to do it and a semi hit me. And one day after seeking the Lord and telling him, you know what, I'm going to give everything to you. My kids, my motherhood, my wifehood, I'm going to give it all to you because I don't know, I don't have anything left. And I remember going out to get my mail the next time. And I remember calling my friend on my way back across the street, telling her, I know I've never told you this before, but these are the thoughts I've been having. And I wanted to tell you that today I wasn't hoping that a semi was going to come and hit me. The Lord took away all those suicidal thoughts. The Lord took away those things because he loves me, just like he loves every one of our listeners that are on there, loves you, Aaron, because that's not what he wanted for me. He took those lies out of my mind, and not that I didn't still hear them every once in a while, but I was like, no, that's not, that's not it. But if it were not, and this is another topic for another day, but if it were not for the obedience of of a dear friend who I barely knew to begin with to come to my house. She obeyed the Lord, not me, but she obeyed the Lord. And she met with me every week and she was consistent in my life, checked on me, encouraged me, challenged me in the Lord. I wouldn't be here for my babies. I wouldn't have met Aaron. I wouldn't be leading Bible study at the church. I wouldn't be even close to what a good wife might be or a good mother might be because I'm still not there, right? I'm still right. working on Whenever it. Whenever perfect. Right. But I wouldn't even be close because I wouldn't even be here. I might be in heaven because I believed in Jesus, but my ministry would have died. Mm-hmm. And how sad would that be that I didn't get to experience the Lord here on this side of heaven? So like you said, he picks us up. Mm-hmm. My story is completely different from yours, even though we had some of the same things going yeah. on where we you know, met Jesus and, as a little kid and then we fell away and then we came back. But he knows each one of us personally. He knew my name and he called me by name and he said, hey, mm. I've got this for you. Why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you believing these lies? I've got so much more for you. And that's what the gospel is. Yep. And that's why it matters that even if you already know the gospel, to talk about it, bring it up. It's good to remind yourself of how good he is, that I was nothing. I am nothing. And he came to save me because he loves me. Not because he looks down on me, but because he loves me. And that's the same for me and for Aaron and for everyone else listening, for everyone around the world. And that also pushes me to want to tell you our listeners Mm -hmm. and everyone that I see about him. Yes. Because I want you to understand that the Lord loves you and the Lord has a plan and a purpose for your life. Even if you're going through all that junk, even if you're going through all that junk, whether it's inside your own brain or if it's something that you're physically dealing with. Yes. He loves you and he cares about you. He does. There's an important part of my the end of my testimony that I left out and it's that in 2014 I got I had been praying for a, bigger, a more space because I had a very tiny apartment yeah. and the Lord blessed me with a much larger apartment and 
there in that apartment is when I really started growing close to him. I remember when I that was when I first started really getting into Joyce Myers. I love her. And there was so many sermons that I would sit and watch and I would take study breaks as I was in nursing school and I would take study breaks and just watch her and listen to her preach. And then I, I was introduced to the movie War Room yes. and I made a war room in this because I had a really long closet and I, it was big enough to fit a chair in there. And I had all these little post-it notes in there and I had had a crush on a man at our church and he was married and God convicted me of it. And God told me to start praying for him and his wife because they were having trouble. And God didn't give me really specifics on the trouble they were having. But he said, you need to love him like a brother in Christ and you need to pray for him. So I started taking notes and I started praying for him. And I had him and his wife's name on the board. And I found out through people at church what the struggles were. So I was praying specifically for, you know, her addiction and everything and just praying for her in general and praying for him. And then... A couple years later, I had noticed that maybe a year later, I had noticed he wasn't wearing a wedding ring anymore. And I said, Mom, I said, he's not wearing a wedding ring. (laughs) And she's like, mind your business. you know. (laughs) And I'm like, Mom, no, like, seriously, he's not wearing a ring. And then I found, you know, then he had started dating someone in our church. And I was like, really like, oh, man, like he's he's not even single, you know, and. Um, a couple times, you know, I'd see, you know, he was dating this girl and then he ended up dating this girl. And I was getting really frustrated about that. I was like, I'm never going to get to forget it. You know, I'm over this. Like, I'm I'm, I'm just going to look the other way. I'm going to sit where I don't have to look at him because he is dating other people. And I, that, that, there's no room. He's for done me. you wrong. And he doesn't even know. I know. It's like he's doing me wrong. and He don't even know me. Like, I'm just <laughs> done looking. And then um, this lady, Ronica asked me if I wanted to start working for her at her house with um, her special needs children. And his daughter worked at that same house. And long story short, she says, you should date my dad. And she was joking about it (laughs) because she just thought, you know, we're so different. And so I know she told you that. Yeah. She's like, I think it'd be cute if you dated my dad. And she was like, I know you probably wouldn't. But and I just (laughs) I looked at her and I was like, yes, I would. And her (laughs) eyes lit up. And yeah, so that's my husband. (laughs) <laughs> he is now my husband um, and we have a son and we got married May 12th, 2018 and we have a son named Owen and he's four and yeah. So um, and the Lord had you wait for him all the that Lord time. The Lord had me wait all that time, even made me pray for, because I was thinking about someone who did have a ring on. He made me realize the importance of that and to pray for that marriage, yes. even though things yes. didn't go the way it was supposed to with that. But um, he blessed me with him because I even said, Lord, I said, there's something about him, even if it's just coffee. I just want to talk to him. I just want to sit. And, we, and that's exactly what we did. The very first time we hung out together was coffee at Tim Hortons. And that's where we celebrate every year, February 8th. We go to Tim Hortons and have a cup of coffee because we sat and talked that day and had coffee. Yeah. So, yeah. And God had good things for him, too. He did. God You're had the good amazing thing, by the way, things for didn't him. didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. God had good things for him, too. Yeah. You know, God didn't will that, you know, marriage would fail them but also he made some beauty from ashes he did he did he really did in my life my husband's life he definitely took beauty from ashes and it's just amazing the things that god does i i could go on for forever (laughs) forever and ever and ever and talk about god's goodness because for me it's the evidence that's my faith comes from evidence and there's been so much evidence in my life that god exists and if anyone ever questions his existence they just have to think about the evidence, because even a non-believer 
if they think about something they went through and they got through it and they and they're not and they think it's luck or they think it's oh yes you know the universe mm-mm, is Jesus Christ who's waiting for you yeah he's looking for you he is looking for you. you he is pursuing you he is waiting for you and if the ground underneath you is shaken answer it man we hope that you enjoyed this little pinch of salt yes and we will see you next time Join us next time to add another episode of The Pinch of Salt. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified of upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening and sharing this podcast. Rise FM Podcast Network.